Amber. Hey, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm on this, so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here, too. So on this here podcast, we talk about quote-unquote bad movies and then um, discuss how much we love them and how great they are and how wrong everybody, like critics are, to uh, disagree with us. Exactly. Why do you hate my movies? It's not even yucking my yum. That's some bullshit. This ain't no guilty pleasure. This is just factually good in my fact vaults where facts are. Unironically delightful to watch these movies are. Yes. We're not liking them in spite of themselves. We're nope. not liking them because they're oh so campy. Nope. We genuinely believe that these are movies worth your eyeball time. Yeah. And your heart space. Definitely your heart space, too. We'll get to how great this movie is and how much of heart space it's worth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are we going to get to it right now? Oh, let's do that right now. Okay. Okay, okay cool. Cool, cool, cool. We watched the first of the, um, I guess, is it the Chronicles of Riddick trilogy? Pitch yep, Black. Yeah, it's currently a trilogy. Yep. Pitch Black. Pitch Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I suppose let's get right into what, um, this movie was about, our quick summary of the movie. And, um, well, it's, it's a sci-fi horror kind of genre. And, uh, the quick summary is that there's a cargo spaceship that's transporting, um, 40-ish people with it to, uh, they never really say an unknown mm. location. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Does not at all. And they for, don't get there. They sur- sure don't. For some unknown reason, and I think they only briefly speculate about why um, it it just it crash lands into uh, onto an unknown planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, the docking pilot, who's played by a Radha. person. Radha Mitchell, I believe. Yes, Radha Mitchell, exactly. Yes, Amber got it this time. Yeah, you did. You beat me to it. Um, <laughs> she's known as Fry, Carolyn Fry. They call her Fry, and um, she, as she's, she has a moment of moral weakness during this emergency landing where she almost pulls this lever that would essentially, I guess, um, release all the cargo. And she calls it cargo, but it's like. 40 people in like stasis so um yep yep who are who are currently each coming out of stasis yes. due to the bumpiness of the landing and mm-hmm. the failure of whatever cryo sleep that they were in and yes. i will remind you she fucking pulls that oh lever. yeah no you're totally right she does pull that and it's only because <laughs> of her oh co-pilot guy um who um like i don't know he bars the door or the thing so it can't airlock yes. so that it won't because obviously then they'd be sucked out into space too exactly he's a goddamn hero he is and he dies tragically right after they uh land um by getting impaled by something anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so there's only a handful of survivors on this desert planet and uh fry is one of them and they have this prisoner who is played by Vin motherfucking Diesel. Yeah, Vin motherfucking Diesel. And he plays uh, Dick Riddick. Um, Richard B. Richard B. Riddick. <laughs> or Dick Dick, um, if you want to shorten both of them. Really? Dick Dick. Dick Dick. Riddick. Anyway. Dick B. Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick B. Dick. And uh, 
they um so he's a prisoner of john's and john's is played by cole hauser and he kind of initially leads people to believe he's some sort of police but he's actually a bounty hunter who's caught riddick and is going to turn him in for a buttload of money and he essentially half lies to the people who survive that riddick is um kind of this mass murdering psycho killer and the first bit of the movie is um, Riddick, of course, escapes. And the first bit of the movie, which we'll get into more detail later, is um, them being worried that Riddick is going to kill them. But Riddick actually is the least of their problems because, of course, this planet that they've landed on has these terrible monsters who um, get burned by light. And so they live underground. And once every 22 years, they can come out and eat everything that's on the planet, which to our perspective, looks like nobody and nothing. <laughs> yes, there's nothing. There's just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there's like, a, they find semi-quickly a, a set, or an old settlement where everybody's gone and they're able to pick up on clues about uh, these animals while they're there. Um, blah, blah, blah. They try to save themselves. They go to try to get power cores for the one plane that's left. Shit happens. Most of them die blah 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 the end yeah pretty much yeah pretty much yeah it was planet alien life but it can't come out because there's like six suns and it's always daytime oh except for this one time every 22 years oh and guess what time it is right now yeah it's like three minutes until the (laughs) the eclipse of the suns yeah eclipse that only happens every 22 years wow bad luck for them that is some foul stinky luck yep it is it is it's almost an unbelievable coincidence. Uh, it's almost an unbelievable coincidence. <laughs> if they yeah. landed there like three days later, they would have been just fucking fine. Absolutely. Or yeah. it already would have been nighttime because they weren't sure how long it would last. True. So they might have just quickly Instant all died. death, yeah. Instant yeah. death. True. God, I love this movie so hard. And I... <sighs> I forgot twice, 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 once while watching it and before in the selection process, you're like, oh, why are we doing Pitch Black? Like, I don't see it in the list. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, it's it's a good movie. Yep. And it's, as it turns out, in terms of our completely objective criteria that is in no way arbitrary, it's a bad movie. Yes, it is. Um, which and, fills me with resentment yes. and bile. And maybe let's talk about that just a little bit um, and get to our... Um, here's our intro music for the Critics Corner. corner. Uh, do 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 Critics Corner. So, um... <laughs> it always, of course, ends with me laughing and shock <laughs> and a little dismay. Yep. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yep, that's, that's, that's how the jingle goes. Sort of like poking the Pillsbury Doughboy in the tum-tum. Mm-hmm. When Megan goes, ba-da-do-ba-do, I go, ha-ha. Yep, mm-hmm. The, it's the stinger on the end of the the song. Yes, I'm a stinger. Yes, you are. So, um, for Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 59 percent, and the audience gave it a 77 percent. Audience, as usual. Well, okay, that's right-er, way too much credit. Write her. They're yeah. write her. Yeah. Uh, and of course, on Metacritic, we have a whopping. 49% for critics and 86% for self-selected users. Yeah, even writer. Even writer. Yeah. And to kind of sum up what the critics seem to say, um, the um, one critic said, the script is a compendium of science fiction cliches fil- familiar in Hollywood movies since the early 50s. Same deal on Metacritic. Yep. The, the consensus was 
they were predominantly mixed. And the main issue, like the, the thing they liked about it was like, ooh, clever cinematography and editing and visuals. I mean, some of them were dicks about that stuff too, but largely they were willing to praise the visuals, but the story they felt like was derivative and not imaginative and that sci-fi itself is usually a genre prone to like pretty imaginative, interesting, outlandish, but, you know, technically fulfilling content. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they claimed that this was just checking boxes on a how to make a sci-fi horror movie. Um, do we feel that these critics are correct, Amber? I think that they're stupid and that they hate their jobs, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe, Or they hate us. They hate and me I don't know. and us, yeah, particularly. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not stupid. I think, you know, they have a job. They got to write something. They got to express opinions, which they know aren't objective, but they're lent credence because whatever. But they're wrong and stupid mm-hmm. and I hate them. Yep. I think I just circled back around to being mean. You did. Uh, you did. But our response is essentially, okay, one, is it really derivative? And two, even if it is, is that a bad thing? I would say no on both of those counts. Agreed. Yeah. I felt that the execution was clever. I mm-hmm. also felt that the characters themselves are interesting to me. Yes. Even though there are familiar elements. Of course, it's not bad to be inspired by a quality genre. It's... Like you said, and we were talking about this, it, you know, every few years you might have a movie that people call derivative, but it introduces a new group of people to horror sci-fi or whatever genre it's in. Like a whole new generation who has not seen, say, aliens, or although I don't know why you wouldn't have seen aliens, but yeah, so you're you're kind of always introducing new people, yeah, new people to um, these genres, and I... And I think if you introduce a new generation to um, sci-fi because Vin Diesel's in the movie, there is nothing fucking wrong with that. Absolutely nothing fucking wrong with that. Which people understood somewhere in something because, bitch, this started a trilogy. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Which, again, the other two movies, critics were like, eh. And everybody else was like, fuck you, this is tight. Yep, we'll, we'll watch more of this for oh, sure. Absolutely. I am thrilled and excited and a little titillated, you know, mm-hmm. like just... Somewhere near my spleen, there's like a tickle. Yep, that's called the Vin Diesel tickle, Amber. Ah, oh, so that's, that's the Vin tickle. Yep, <laughs> the VDT. The VDT! <laughs> <laughs> so, so and I want to say that um, I, I don't think that this, it, it had, it felt a little bit like Alien sometimes because they did a the great thing of like, you don't necessarily see the monsters right away. They kind of are mysterious for the first, I don't know, half of the movie. And... You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it tropey. I think that there are some really interesting characters mm-hmm. in this movie. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you have, even even if the movie itself is derivative, you have a very interesting character in Riddick. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the character that Vin Diesel plays, which, again, I'm sure when they wrote it down, they were like, oh, yeah, we're making a cool guy. He's going to have these elements of it, having Vin Diesel play it. I'm sure they were watching him go through these lines. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy shit. This is awesome. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But we will, of course, get there. Yes. So critics, whatever, guys. Of yep. course, this the entire basis of the show is us basically saying whatever to yep. critical and, ratings. And, and something that a lot of the critics did point out is the cinematography is great. They have got, um, you know, th- this was made on a very small budget for a movie of this type. And... Um, the cinematography makes it look fantastic. There's, you know, when they first arrive, there's this real feeling that this place is the desert and there's 
Um, there's three different suns, and one sun is very blue, and one sun is very, like, reddy orange. And then later in the movie, they do these things with flares, which make it very green. And they're, they're kind of playing a lot with, with the light schemes, which is it's just, you know, it looks super cool. It absolutely does look super cool. Yeah, and yeah they pick a very alien landscape, and they just, yeah, I, I, I agree with their, their appreciation for, for the way it was shot. And but the story... It does it for me. Like, it hits the horror elements, it hits the sci-fi elements, mm-hmm. and... Hits the Vin Diesel element. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when we were, again, discussing this beforehand, because what we like to do is say all the good stuff before we actually record, and then you just kind of get the highlights, which Absolutely. are slightly less interesting. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, you said, and I'm pretty sure I quoted you, it's like, it's a sci-fi horror movie. You don't need to mansplain every fucking thing that's happening. <laughs> like, there's always that quiet point in bad movies uh-huh. where in between running from things and after the first few people have died, they do the rundown of what's been happening so far and why and what and what the monster's hopes and dreams are. It's like, you don't need to figure out the exact motivation of all the bad guys and the exact biochemistry of everything that's happening. And, and again, like... Clearly, there's a whole mythology here, which, you know, Megan doing her deep dive on movies that she loves, mm-hmm. like there's there's a whole life cycle for the creatures yep. and for the things on the planet. And they act like locusts. And yep. And they don't they don't necessarily say that. I mean, you, you get to see what um, we assume is like the kind of larval stage where these uh, creatures are kind of almost like glow worms. And then we see, um, like you said, kind of this like uh, swarming stage. It's almost like swarming bats and you've got the adults. But they don't ever, nobody ever sits down and s- explains to you, no, okay, so this is the baby, this is the medium, and this is the mm-hmm. adult. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I, and like, how do they exist for so long underground without a food source? It's like, hmm, they must act like locusts back on old earth. Like, did, yeah. fuck you. That's how you keep a tight 90 minute runtime. Yeah. Like that's... By avoiding all of that unnecessary exposition, by leaving some things open to interpretation, and by kind of trusting your audience to just appreciate the elements that you're showing and, and not have them. it. Like there's, they do one moment where Vin Diesel is discovering that the creatures have a blind spot. Yes. Like, that's it. That yep. is the one thing. Like, he's, he's, he's kind of, he's looking at the physiology of a skull yep. for one of the creatures. And, he, and, and he's like, what out. the fuck are you doing? And he just says, blind spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's not like he's like, oh, look, it seems as though the creature sees in this way and its skull shape does this. And mm-hmm. it clearly has a blind spot, which I will, <laughs> I will exploit I will now, later on in the mm-hmm. movie. Yep. It's like, no, just, oh, blind oh, spot. Blind spot. Yep. Blind Absolutely. spot. Yeah. Um, shall we get to kind of our favorite... Uh, scenes in the movie and our favorite quotes and such, Amber? Yes, please. Please do. Let's. Okay, then. <laughs> we will then. Let's. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you, would you like to start? I, uh, sure. I mean, it, part of the problem for me is that if I don't write things down, then I very non-specifically gush about shit. Sure. And it's just, oh, that thing, and then that place, and then that, oh, Megan, remember, because mm-hmm. obviously she remembers. I do. But... The people listening don't. And of course, we are talking about a visual medium. So it helps if I have at least some grasp sure. of what I want to talk about. Unfortunately for this movie, I just was watching it thinking, God, I love this movie. God, I love this movie. Oh, that line is so good. Uh-huh. Oh, this scene is ridiculous and I love it. And I didn't write any of it down. But- well, well, then if, if you don't mind me starting with a, an earlier scene in the movie. So when they first crash land um they're trying to kind of figure out where they should go and such riddick's already escaped and um he's kind of just fucking playing games with them Jesus Christ. um which is really really good because so um, good. essentially 
within the first like five minutes of them landing on the planet, they've all kind of mythologized him into this like boogeyman who's going to kill them all. Um, and, you know, <laughs> um, you know, you'll see one of them do something and then you'll see um, that Riddick was like hiding, you know, um, up above them on the ceiling or, you know, right behind the ribs of the big uh, dinosaur thing that's now dead. Um, and one of the things I, I quoted myself here just to quote you. Oh, yeah, um, no, I wrote this down. too. OK, do you want to um, I'll, I'll do my part and you'll do your part. So after watching um, Riddick be like above them on a ceiling or behind it, like a rib carcass. Um, so I said to you, no matter where you are or who you are, Riddick is always three feet from you. In fact, he's behind your couch right now, Amber. I certainly hope so. Correct. That is what you said. <laughs> that is what I said. Yay. I remembered it all on my own. <laughs> all on your own. We did it in one. Which, of course, so you just have all of these scenes where it's, it's great because you, you need to have these conversations that the characters are having. and But meanwhile, Riddick is supposed to be like lurking in the back of their minds as this looming threat. Mm -hmm. And he is literally lurking in every single scene. Yes. Where they're talking to each other about what to do next and what's happening. Yes. And like to the extent that like, you know, the 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 docking pilot is talking to Cole Hauser's, you know, Merc character. Mm -hmm. And she's explaining which she shouldn't do that she almost murdered everybody and the yes. only reason they didn't all die is because of the co-pilot who who saved them yep what why would kate take that fucking shit to your fucking grave yeah do not do not nobody needs to like, know that the only person who knew that you tried to kill everybody else is now dead so you know what maybe just keep that to yourself you know just talk to your therapist about that once you get to uh exactly back to the world it's like, really, now is not the time to get that off your chest with a complete stranger who later turns out to be a junkie and blah, 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 whatever. Yep. But while she's having this moment of share times with a complete stranger, Riddick is in the background with a shiv, just like listening to her talk. He then cuts off a piece of her hair, sniffs it, and then blows it away. Yeah. He's just... That's just for him. That's just he for was, him. That's just for him. He didn't even want to keep it. It wasn't a trophy. He was just like, I can do this, so I will. Tee -hee 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 -hee. Yep. yep. They're just <laughs> making him look as creepy as possible and make you think that he's out to murder everybody in but his like, beginning scenes. Whimsically creepy. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like kind of badass creepy. Yes. But, and another scene that exemplifies that is... Um, so a um, surprise survivor from the wreckage um, finally finds the other folks that survived. And and you have a group of survivors in the wreckage who hear a sound. And who is that sound, Megan? That sound is another survivor. It, <gasps> he made it. He made it. He made it. it. He made it. He's going to live. Except oh, my God. Except for um, one of the other survivors uh, shoots him three times in the back because he just assumes that guy is Riddick. Oops. Yeah, oops-a-doozle. Oops-a-doozle. Um, and then the camera, like, pans over to uh, where Riddick actually is, and he's sitting in a lawn chair with an umbrella on top of it where um, the lookout was and drinking his water. It's just, it's a very good scene of just, like, a big old, I wasn't that guy, but I'm fucking in your chair right now because I'm a... <laughs> I'm just a playful <laughs> boogeyman. And yes, I'm just a playful boogeyman who's like 
sardonically amused mm -hmm. that they are so freaked out about the idea of him that they just murdered an innocent man mm -hmm. who has like spent the past hours dragging himself along the path of the wreckage to what he thought was his salvation and was it like, was just, his death i love that riddick can just kind of appreciate that yep. <laughs> that's all happening and it's inspired by him absolutely <laughs> Yeah, no, I... Oh, God. God fucking damn it. He plays it so fucking well. So good. With just... So sparsely. Like, it, it's it's like the lean runtime of the movie. Vin Diesel mm -hmm. plays it so goddamn perfectly. Like, every line is hit just perfectly. And the fact that he says, fuck you, I don't know, like, at least four or five times. But each time it's different. Each time is a whole new universe of meaning and connotation. And it tells you a different story about that moment and that character and his motivations. I swear to God that the people, when they were looking for the voice of Groot, saw this movie and were like, God, look what he can do with two words. Let's see what he can do with three. Yeah, it's so true. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I am Fuck Groot. Fuck you. I, exactly. I am Groot. Like, exactly. I am Groot. I mean, they could have also listened to the Iron Giant because, again, he's doing a lot with very small amount of dialogue. But sure, man, a single word, like just the quirk of yes. the lilt of the thing. He can say a three word line and you're both amused and a little terrified. Like, it's just and it's not even like I know people make a big deal about the voice, you know, the deep gravelly voice. It's not the voice. It's how he uses it. Yep. It's the intonation. It's oh, God, so good. Such good delivery. Absolutely. There, there was one part where they finally decided to let um, Vin Diesel go. And because they're realizing that they're kind of in a whole bunch of shit and they need every person there to help. And um, he is for them. <laughs> so then they find him at some point spreading motor oil, what is what it seems, on his head and shaving his head with a big old knife and um the guy oh, i believe it was a shiv oh it was a it shiv wasn't... yes it was He's... a shiv he keeps making shivs he does keep making shivs and uh john's the 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 merc says to him something like um or he i guess he just gives him a look and vin diesel vin diesel says personal grooming device just just explains the reason he has a shiv by saying that he needed it to uh to shave his head with motor yep. oil yep john's is like i thought we agreed when i released you no shivs he's like this isn't a shiv yep it's very important uh for him to uh make sure his head is shaved before this all goes down i suppose so good this movie mm -hmm. i just and at this point like that's that's more or less the last thing i write down other than the conversation that he has with Rada Mitchell's character when mm -hmm. he's they're, they're deciding whether or not to let him go just after he's been recaptured. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and because they think that he killed uh, the first guy to die. Who's, sorry, yeah. the second guy to die. Oh, the true. first guy to die is the survivor who gets shot. Yes. The second guy to die is the guy who shot him. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's the first creature death. Yes. But they think, of course, that Vin Diesel's character did it. Right. And he gets recaptured and they decide to let him go. And he and Rada Mitchell are having this this conversation where she really needs to see his eyes for some reason. So and and, the, and to, to say that um, his eyes have been replaced by um, or I guess he's got a coating on his eyes that allow him to see in the dark. But he needs special, very cool PUBG goggles in order to uh, be able to stand the light. Yes, because they are they are dark specialized. So he mm -hmm. can't 
needs those cool ass cool ass goggles which of course the young character who idolizes him eventually shaves their head mm-hmm. and adopts goggles of their own yes to <laughs> to emulate him because it's because that guy's just so cool like i mean it's it kids know kids are tapped in like they just they take they take an assessment of the situation and they're like you're the coolest one yeah i'm going fan to follow club. you yep fan club immediate fan club exactly and where they got the goggles i still don't know because they're in an arid wa- wasteland but it was good work that's excellent work excellent fantastic work and of course this character is more or less responsible for the deaths of probably the last four people mm-hmm. yeah i would say so got british guy you've got cole hauser's character mm-hmm. who else was with them um there was another random guy who gets hurt and they save him for a while but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one of one of the dudes on their way to new mecca yep yeah so so basically and i guess rada mitchell because yes in theory if they had kept they, they they make a sled and they're gonna bring the things to the place and blah 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 they have to essentially run through a gauntlet of the creatures in the middle of the darkness and so they need light to ward them off and they have a really good setup which is destroyed because of course the young character who it's jack, jack i believe who, mm-hmm. who who is fan clubbing riddick mm-hmm. they somebody drops a flashlight jack is like hold on a second gets out of the light setup and goes to like collect this one flashlight that they're not even using at that time it's nope. in like a bucket it's like the of other flashlights yeah and then that sends british guy into a panic and then mm-hmm. he tries to crawl away he destroys the battery that's powering the light source yes. everyone's fucked yeah like it they, they... so jack yeah <laughs> jack kind of ruins everything for everyone Mm-hmm. And then you find out that Jack really is ruining things for everyone because Jack is really a woman, mm-hmm. a young woman. A young woman. And wouldn't you know it, she's on her period. Shucks. And she's attracting all of the creatures with her her bloody womanhood. Bad and of timing. course, so really, Jack ruined everything because Jack has a vagina. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Jack's vagina ruined everything. Yeah. Jack's vagina ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women, man. Yeah. Unless you're Rada Mitchell, and then you're just fucking badass. It's true. Oh, she's so cool. Uh, one of the cool things that um, she says when they're kind of deciding about a plan and yes. John's is um, being, you know, wants to be the leader, but he actually doesn't really have a plan. And um, she says to him, how much do you weigh, John's? And he says, what's it matter? She says, how much? John says, around 79 kilos. And she says, because you're 79 kilos of gutless white meat, and that's why you can't think of a better plan. Oh, personalized burn. It's, it's so far to go for, for just such a great burn. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> that's why I respect when, it. When you burn, you have to be, you know, laser sharp on your burns. Oh, absolutely. You got to get their attention. All eyes on you. How mm-hmm. much do you weigh? Where's this going? Yep. Fuck you. That's where this That's is going. Where it's going. <laughs> Fuck you in particular. <laughs> well, it would have been really embarrassing if she said uh, 80 kilos and he would be like, no, I'm actually 79. And then, you know, the burn would have been wasted. God, you make such a good point. Mm-hmm. God, she knows what's up. She does. You know who else knows what's up? Fucking Riddick. He fucking shivs one of these creatures. Yeah, he does. Meanwhile, he takes that personal grooming implement. Mm-hmm, yes. Which was never a shiv. Nope. And shivs the shit out of one of those creatures which i only mention because megan said as he was putting the finishing touches on because of course you can't just shiv it because everybody's like oh i gutted the thing clearly it must be dead 
fuck you. It's not dead. Everybody knows it's not dead, which is why Vin Diesel's character immediately then snaps its neck. Yes. Just in case. Mm -hmm. To which Mickey says, always double tap. You always got to double tap, man. (laughs) No one thinks coming back at you. Yeah, that's how you know it's not derivative, man. Mm-hmm. Like most movies, they'd be like, oh, I killed it. It's clearly dead and it's not. And it comes and eats half of you. Yes. Nope. Always double tap. Yep. That's why this movie's unique. Yep. Um, I've got at least uh, one more quote that I want to. Uh, th- I-, I think it's probably the best quote from maybe the entire movie. Um, oh, please do. D- do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you do know what I'm talking about. Do I know what you're talking about? You do. Um, so Riddick and Johns are looking into kind of a space that they're gonna, I can't remember, they're going to get the batteries or something. And, um, John says, how's it look? (laughs) (laughs) Looks clear, is what he says. John says, oh, and then, uh, John starts to go in and, uh, uh, a monster comes right at, at him and, but kind of flies over him. And John says, you said it was clear. I said it looks clear. Well, how does it look now? Looks clear. <laughs> and that's, that's so good. It's so, so good. fucking good. It's so fucking good. Again, because of the fucking delivery. Yeah. He says looks clear twice. He has three times. He says three times. Mm-hmm. Like, looks clear. Like, it's the into Like, it's this, like, the, the second of- one is clearly so fucking puckish. Yep. It's, it's very, very good. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so many good lines. Most of them Vin Diesel's, although some of the lines are also around Vin Diesel's orbit, in which case they're also good by association. Yes. They pick Uh, up some of that sweet, sweet stank. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, God. When he introduces himself to the British guy. Oh, yeah. British guy's like, Paris Terwilliger, which is not the guy's name, but it's similar enough. He's like, I'm a purveyor of fine antiquities. He's Richard B. Riddick. Convict. Murderer. Yep. Yep. But just this big smile, like jocular as fuck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the kind of movie you're getting into. That's the kind of movie, if you haven't gotten into, I don't understand why you haven't gotten into it, because you're missing that shit. You are. You are. Um, so so kind of getting to the um, end scene of the movie, it is really interesting, and, and um, because the movie kind of makes you think, and, and, and Riddick has done some heroic type things he never seems kind of overly sentimental about anybody up to this point um but they get almost to the end and he tries to i guess he's kind of trying to save the the three remaining people who is the um who's left at this point there's um fry there's jack um jack and there's um keith david's Keith-Davids. character the imam, the imam who's lost his did he have three he had three. Or just two. I think he, he had, had three. three. Yeah, he had three young men with him on their way to New Mecca. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did not make it. They did not make it, no. Um, so um, they're almost there, but they kind of lose. They're losing all their light because just this whole thing has been a tread, a, a, a comedy of errors where um, mm-hmm. different sources, they have a bunch of sources of light and every single one of them ends up um, you know, running out, disappearing, get taken, get left behind um, in this in this trek back to the ship. Um, and so uh, the three survivors besides Riddick end up being uh, shut in this cave um, where they discover the glowworm-type larvae of these creatures, and they end up using those as a light. Um, but Riddick 
has gone back to the ship. He's dragged all the batteries there. And interestingly, you kind of think, well, he's now going to go back for them. But that's not what he was going to do. Oh, I never thought he was going back for them. Like, what's, 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 where's the benefit in going back for them? He's there. He's got the batteries. He's safe. He goes back for him. One, probably already dead. Like, mm-hmm. statistically speaking, it's been enough time for them to be heartily eaten. Yep. Two, he goes back for them and he dies. Three, he goes back for them and some of them die anyway, or maybe all of them die and everybody's dead and nobody got away. Yep. Absolutely. Where is the value? I, yeah. Very practical. <laughs> Um, so it's a little, I mean, it, it threw me a little bit for a, a loop thinking that, oh, he's going to be this, um, you know, heroic and uh, redeemed figure. Um, but um, Fry ends up using those glowworms to get back to him and kind of convinces him to um, help the other people who are left. At, exactly. After he tries to convince her, just the two of them should go. We should yeah. just both go. Yeah, just come with me. I'll make it easy for you. Come on, come on, get up, get yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, just get up. Which, which I appreciate. He never manhandles her. She's having her her crisis, her her come to Jesus moment. Yes. Of like, I may have been willing to jettison them all when it was just forty people I'd never seen who were cargo, but now they're kind of people, and I kind of know them. And well, as it turns out, I'm willing to die for them. Yes. Which Riddick finds interesting enough to apparently encourage him to go back out into the darkness teeming with exactly. carnivorous monsters. And and one of the things they do um, as they go back for these folks, um, which is kind of mo- movie dumb, is they don't take any additional lights with them to scare away the creatures. There must have been he, additional he lights. He handed her a bandolier of lights, which... Where was the fucking bandolier? I don't know. It doesn't make... Anyway, it makes zero sense. Um, so <laughs> they go back, but of course they then get a little bit separated and um, uh, Riddick uses... He gets kind of cornered by one of these creatures and he uses... He very coolly uses their blind spot to kind of keep in the blind spot of them. And then another one comes and you don't actually see what happens, but he's definitely in trouble. At which point Fry goes to help him. Mm-hmm. After the, she, Jack, and Keith David have have reached the ship, yes, and Riddick has fallen behind and is not with them, and without saying it, because he is of course a holy man, mm-hmm. he kind of does this hand gesture of like he's not here. We should, he doesn't have any light. We should probably go. Like I'm not gonna say it out loud, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and also if she goes in, and like so Riddick can pilot, she can pilot. They cannot. True. So if she gets dead and or Riddick is already dead, all of them are fucked anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's true. wouldn't you know it, she goes back for him. Yep, she does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, she does. And then... And spoiler alert, because the only reason I say that this time, and I will always fucking spoil movies because you're looking, listening to a podcast where two people talk about a movie. Obviously, everything is fair game. Mm-hmm. But in this one instance, I will give you a moment to turn this off because you should be fucking watching this movie if you haven't. Mm-hmm, Up to this point, we've described... You know, shit that's happened. It's much more interesting to watch yourselves. But the end, I appreciate because you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, am I doing the end? I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you've earned it up to this point. All right. So Fry um, Fry um, kind of helps Vin Diesel up and they're, they're going to head back to the ship. But um, he's kind of in her arms as she's helping him up. And you, you get that moment where you hear like a, a piercing sound and somebody gurgles. And for a moment, you think, who just got got? And it's Fry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She gets yep. got and just like whisked away into the darkness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As they, they look at each other as she's pulled away mm-hmm. and he says, 
Not for me. Not for me. Because again, three words says it all. Most people would be like, no, I didn't want you to die for me. You said you would die for them. But what you said was I would die for them and not for me. And like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. No, it's just not for me. Not for me. Like he's, and he's feeling it. Yep. Not for me. And, and this, like everything that's been in this movie up to this point makes you think it should be Riddick who, like any other movie, it would have been Riddick who got got. And, Mm -hmm. and to be fair, apparently in reading about this movie, it was going to be Riddick who got dead. Um, but everyone on the, on, you know, the people making the movie actually thought, well, did you see him deliver all those fuck yous? Um, I think Mm -hmm. we want him to live to, uh, make another sequel. So uh, they changed the ending. and um, I know. Could, I mean, could you honestly have watched Vin Diesel play that character and thought, yeah, no, it's worth it to kill him? Mm-mm. No. No. It's really not. It's not. Like, it's the emotional punch of having Rada Mitchell be the one taken is, is like, it's, it's cool. Like, yep. I, not a lot of movies, most of them are kind of really precious about their main characters. Yep. And even with horror sci-fi, you, you, you're fucking precious mm-hmm. with your, especially with like, especially with your badass female characters. Yes. Like you continue them on, you follow them. You don't often kill them unless you're killing everybody. Right. Yep. And to kind of have the dude who was supposed to be like, this is his redemptive moment of sacrificing himself for these people. Uh, you lose her. Yep. Yeah. And, and it and seems I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can actually kind of feel it change him a little bit, you know? Exactly. Um, change him into a very angry person who does nonsensical things like shut the ship down Mm -hmm. so that a bunch of creatures will gather around it Mm -hmm. so you can then burn them the fuck up with the engines exactly fuck them in particular (laughs) yep fuck i mean there's there's like millions and billions of them on this planet but these like half these like two dozen i'm gonna just murderfy yeah because i'm mad because you took the only cool person who was here Mm -hmm. and now i've got these two people and i'm like whatever about them but her she was pretty nifty. Yep, she was interesting. She was interesting. Yeah. You know, she was willing to dump 40 people, and then she was willing to die for some of those 40 people yeah, all two of a sudden. Of them. Yeah. Like, he's like, that's intriguing. Yeah. I want to yeah. see where this goes. Yeah. And I, 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 so as, so that's, that's the ending of the movie, essentially. They, they get away. Um, one of the things I w- want to say about the movie, kind of in a, in a meta way, is that I, I appreciated, Rada Mitchell's badassness. I also appreciated there was zero um, sexual tension between anybody in this movie. There was nope. no flirtations. There were no um, kisses. There were, I mean, it's just in a lot of sci-fi movies, you end up with some sort of running romantic something that's happening. And it always makes you think, why are you worrying about this romantic thing when you're being <laughs> devoured by aliens? <laughs> Megan, what better time to fall in love than when you're about to die and you've just seen half the people you just met dismembered? Yeah, exactly. Really, really gets one in the mood, eh? I mean, yeah, I get horny just watching Viscera fly and wondering. I mean, near-death experiences apparently tend to make people want to make babies. Okay. Uh, according to movies that I've seen. All right. Well, maybe now I'm mad there wasn't an underlying romantic theme to this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been even more tragic if she'd been carrying his, you know, murder baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there would have been two deaths instead oh, of one. so sad. So tragic. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm really glad. I mean, he was he was uber creepy. And oh, like, yeah. It could be perceived as sexual <laughs> tension, but he was just being oh, no, a he was just being creepy. The, he was being a creepo, which was great. God, he, 
he amused the shit out of himself yeah, he did. by being just like hardcore creepy. I think both the character and Vin Diesel himself amused uh, themselves oh, by God. being that creepy. All in. Mm-hmm. Dude was all yeah. in. This movie was made in 2000 and it is um, Vin Diesel's first like starring role. And you can see why it kind of led to him starring in movies because he's fantastic in it. He can lead a good movie. Mm-hmm. He can lead a bad movie. Yeah. And this is a good movie. I don't care what our own criteria is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And like this is, we will be doing other Vin Diesel movies, which are far worse than this one, and which we also love. Which we also love. And we will be doing the rest of the Riddick movies as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Amber, let's get to um, our, our uh, what do you think of this movie, Amber? Oh, man. I mean, obviously, this is a craze balls. Actually, I think it's, this is, I feel mm-hmm. like it's an outstanding. It is outstanding. Like, I yep. This is, I, I forgot that craze balls, like, craze balls will be for the bad Vin Diesel movies. This is an outstanding movie. Outstanding. This is a well-executed, good movie that if you haven't watched, you should watch because we've only kind of spoiled it. You haven't really gotten the pleasure of seeing it happen. Yep, absolutely. It's Yep. Yeah, I, I agree 1,000%. Uh, it's an outstanding movie. It's um, It was made on a small budget for this kind of movie. It was made apparently in 65 days. You know, it's it's it looks good. Um they use kind of the um, CGI sparingly, and a lot of it is kind of practical effects for the most part. Um, it, it's 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 outstanding. It's it's really a joy to watch. Yep, I love this movie. If you don't love this movie, then I'm sure you're a decent person, like somewhere inside of you. But mm-hmm. something went wrong. I don't know where. But your taste in movies are the worst. So sorry about it's questionable. that. Questionable. At the very least, it's questionable, mm-hmm. and you got to do some soul searching. All right, so watch this outstanding movie. Or don't. You could just listen to this podcast again and hear us talk about watching this outstanding movie. Yep. Since that's apparently a thing you're into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. So before we get into the recommendations. Yes. Uh, would you like to do an Abby story? Oh, would I like to do an Abby story? Yeah, we're, we're going to move um, kind of Abby segment into just do an Abby story. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my new favorite videos of Abby is um uh her in her room where she's um clapping and jumping and she says into the camera i'm so fancy and then she tries to clap and jump at the same time and i don't think she ever actually claps and jumps at the same time um but she definitely thinks she's very fancy for trying to yeah i don't i don't i've seen this video Mm mm-hmm and she never actually accomplishes to simultaneously clap and jump, so she just kind of devolves into twirling. Yes, all twirling. Yep, all twirling. Which, if if I mean, going by my standards of fancy, like she is crushing very it, very much crushing it. Yes, and it's one of my favorite things about little kids is they like you never know exactly where they like what made her say I'm so fancy. Like this is not to any of our knowledges something that like anybody has said to her or you know there's not a dance she's replicating from sesame street or something she but she decided to just say i'm so fancy and jump and clap and twirl the end i think we could all learn something from her Mm -hmm. yes indeed be fancy be fancy be fancy fancy. jump and or clap jump and or clap Mm -hmm. yes yep yes that was an excellent abby segment yeah and 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 you know if you can't jump and clap just twirl 
Just twirl. Mm-hmm. Just twirl like someone's recording. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you have a recommendation, Amber? Do I have a recommendation? I mean, I always have recommendations. I don't have a happy thing, which is why Abby gets her own segment yes, now. Yes, I understand. But I, 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 there's always something to recommend. What am I? What am I watching right now? I've, I've been on this kick of remembering how much I love shows that only ran for a season or two. Uh, which I think Go On was was one of them, mm-hmm. and um, I've been thinking about Better Off Ted. Oh, nice! Yes, we watched that together. Yes, it's got two short seasons. I think it was on ABC. It's this bizarre, almost cartoonish comedy that's set in kind of this big, you know, kind of evil company that kind of does a little bit of everything. You think between you know from GMOs to weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and these these hapless people who are both scientists and marketers and you know upper management kind of trying to survive these morally gray areas mm-hmm. or just completely morally black areas yes i find it amusing and delightful and it won't take up much of your time because there's only like two seasons of it there's only two seasons and there aren't that many episodes in the seasons and it's it's cute and it's funny and well I'm going to do a recommendation that I've um, kind of, it's a little surprising that it took me all the way to our fourth episode to recommend this. Um, I'm going to recommend listening to My Brother, My Brother and Me, um, another podcast. Um, I'm on my, what, like fourth listen through of the My Brother, My Brother and Me catalog, which is now at like 460 something episodes. And... um, yeah, it's just a really funny, tongue-in-cheek, but then sometimes with like um, some really heartfelt things mixed in um, podcast. And, and the, the, the premise of the podcast is um, where they, they give advice um, for people who either write in or um, post questions to Yahoo Answers. I've been influenced by you on, on multiple occasions for things to listen. I, I don't listen to many podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only ones I do listen to are the two you've recommended. Yes. I, and I, one I, of them that is I, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yes. And the other one is also a um, McElroy uh, family product, which is called The Adventure Zone. And uh, so long as I'm at it, I'm going to recommend The Adventure Zone as well, which um, it's funny to recommend these two. Um, podcast because everybody who listens to our podcast right now already listens to those two podcasts so you know accurate yeah um but what are you gonna do so um yeah uh the the adventure zone i will probably talk about at more length at some other point but the McElroys are a group of three brothers who make uh delightful um good-natured um jokes and i like them a lot that's true. And they, they they grow. Like, everybody makes mistakes. I'm sure we're going to make mistakes yes. and offend the, some of the five people who listen to this. Yep. Sorry in <laughs> advance. Sorry in advance, but with your feedback, we can grow as people mm-hmm. and apologize appropriately. Because yep. ultimately, I don't think we're terribly mean-spirited. I mean, you're not. I'm not. You're not. I... I'm walking a razor's edge. <laughs> <laughs> and with your help, you the listeners, mm-hmm. I can choose a side. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, let's 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 sign off. Okay. Are you ready for our um, sign off that we always do, Amber? 
No, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Remember to rock the boat, everybody. Nope. And until we see you again, have God, a wonderful no. week. Please, no. Rock that boat, everyone. Sink the boat. Set the boat on fire. Viking funeral the boat. Everybody get out. Okay, bye. bye. bye.